historian Felix Bunnell because yesterday marked exactly 60 years since tragedy struck a plane load of U.S. soldiers headed home for Thanksgiving from what is now SeaTac Airport. I'd never heard of this episode. Yeah, so they actually, they taken off from Boeing Field, Boeing uh, Field. a DC-4. It was a snowy night. It was a charter plane. And in those days, anyone could buy old leftover World War II airplanes yeah. and start a charter company. It had been uh, poorly maintained that day, and so they had a problem. And this is... Uh, this is the neighbor down in Burien where there's a, uh, it's called Boulevard Park. There's a thriftway there at the corner of 120th and Des Moines Way or Des Moines Way. And so just before midnight, this plane took off and it was filled mostly with soldiers heading home from Korea. And uh, it had a problem. And um, one of those passengers aboard was a guy named Gene Casey. I didn't really think we were going to crash. And so I started seeing houses and sheds and garages and seeing that highway with a car on it. I never thought we were going to die. I never thought anybody was going to die. I thought he was going to pull this off. So he was sitting in the back of the plane, and he was looking out the window. He said it looked like a Hallmark card. You know, you could see the snow and the mm-hmm. lights coming through. And But the pilot was able to bring this thing down in between some houses. It clipped one house, damaged a garage, and came to rest in a field and uh, behind three houses that were there along Des Moines Way. And one of the women living in one of those houses was named Pat Anderson. I heard this noise, and I jumped up and looked out the window, and I saw a ball of fire. So I went to the telephone, and I was looking out the window, and there were three men out there, and they were three soldiers, and two of them were holding up the other one. So that's the amazing part of the story to me, is this plane crashes, right? It's a tragedy. It explodes. Yeah. The house it's catches full of fuel because it was, had just taken off. It's just off, taken right? off. Exactly. The wing tanks are completely full. It's exploded, continuing to explode as it's sitting there on the ground. And this woman and her husband and at least two other families took soldiers into their home. Pat and her husband had about 16 soldiers they brought into the living room. They had guys with head wounds laying on the carpet, bleeding on the floor. Um, you know, it's cold. There aren't that, aren't that many ambulances, enough people to transport, all, enough ambulances to transport all the people who are wounded. Um, and one of the people who's injured is Gene Casey. He's in the tail section. The thing breaks apart as it comes to arrest in this field. The pilot skillfully avoided hurting anybody on the ground. So Gene is unconscious, and he wakes up. See, when I got off of the plane, I, I thought everybody was dead. I did not know anybody was alive because there was nobody. I mean, the plane was empty. The grounds were empty. There was nothing. It was just quiet except for the fire. So it's pretty amazing because, you know, I guess in, when he woke up, the emergency workers weren't there yet. All the other guys who were alive had escaped. A lot of them were badly burned. Gene was badly burned. He helped yeah. another soldier get up and sort of pulled some of the skin off his arm. Horrific, horrific story. But again, the, the, the great part about this is the fact the neighbors, without being told to do this, just responded and made their homes into little makeshift hospitals. Um, 46 people survived the crash. 28 died. Nobody on the ground was injured. Uh, one house burned almost to the ground, and a family of five kids got out without getting hurt. Um, Gene was in the hospital and in bandaged up and in pain, and a Seattle Times reporter said, hey, if you give me an exclusive, I'll help you call your parents back and let them know they're okay, right? <laughs> So Gene, Gene's a great guy. It's so neat to be able to talk to people who survive things like this. It makes them, I don't know if they're amazing before him, but they're amazing afterward. And he was kind of a troubled teenager. He joined the Army. It straightened him out. And he'd called his parents many times before needing to be bailed out. And so early in the morning on November 18th, he calls from his hospital room, and he reaches his mom in Chicago. Well, I said, hi, Mom. And she says, what did you do now? <laughs> I, was, I was always in trouble. What did you do now? I think she thought I was flying the damn thing. I just survived a plane crash, Mom. <laughs> Is there anything to mark the spot today? 
It's the produce section of the thriftway. No, there's 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 nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I went out there the other day and talked to people. People sort of had a vague recollection they'd heard about this before. The guy who owns the thriftway, a guy named Bill Knowles, his uh, his grandfather started a store there in that neighborhood 75, 80 years ago. So there's there's knowledge of it, but it's fading away, and there's no marker or anything yeah. like that. But it's and just, the problem turned out to be that they had not inspected the plane before takeoff, and there was a problem with one of the propellers. Yeah, they had some work done to a propeller. They didn't test it properly, yeah. and it wouldn't feather, and so you couldn't fly it. It was literally in the air only for about two minutes before it came to a you know crash right in this neighborhood where people are driving by. I have no idea that it happened 60 years ago yesterday.